I'm Kathy Zip, Managing Editor of Solar Power World Magazine. Welcome to another edition of Solar Speaks, Solar Power World's podcast series that gives you the opportunity to hear from the industry's biggest newsmakers in their own words. Installations of power optimizers are reported to grow significantly through 2020, and so we're here with Mike Rogerson of SolarEdge to give us more insight into these power electronics in 2015. So, Mike, thank you very much for being here. Well, thanks for having me, Kathy. It's a pleasure. Absolutely. So, I'm sure that our listeners are familiar with string central microinverters and the way they work, but what exactly is an optimized inverter? We kind of created this class of inverter as an optimized inverter when we looked at the benefits of a string inverter and compared them to the benefits of a microinverter. And what we saw is we could break out the inverter, take it apart, and look at a couple of its main functions. The first function that we were interested in is extracting energy from the array. What you might not think of when you look at an array, but if those cables are unconnected or if those cables are short-circuited, you're not going to get energy in either case. The inverter needs to put a load on those cables in order to extract that energy out from the panels. That's called max power point tracking. That's a term we use in the industry. I'll probably abbreviate it to MPP, which you might hear from time to time. What we found is when you put the MPP devices on the modules, the way a microinverter does, you do a better job of extracting energy and you increase the design flexibility around the whole array. So you give a lot of nice features and benefits to the installers. You can also cut the power off if you want. You can put monitoring in there. So you you get this nice package of benefits. What we didn't like about that was all the replication of parts. So when you look at a traditional string inverter, you see everything is bundled into one unit. And so you have a very good cost structure around that. We wanted to find a solution that gave us both. So we came up with the idea of a DC power optimizer that would contain an MPP tracker and DC to DC boost electronics, and we would put that next to the module. So what you get out of that, you get the module putting power into the optimizer, you get the MPP tracking, so we're pulling that energy, and then we get a conditioned DC on the output side. That power we then take into our fixed voltage inverter, which I'll kind of go into in a little bit there, but that power goes into the inverter and we convert it into AC. So the inverter hardware can now be very simple and very cost-effective. Our inverter, if you just compare that as a unit to other string inverters, it's it's about 50% or so of the cost. We're only putting the DC-AC conversion in the system one time, and we're only putting the monitoring interfaces, the grid interfaces, into the system one time. So we're getting that good cost package that we like to the string inverter but we're also able to get all the energy and the safety benefits and the design flexibility that we liked from the microinverter. So we're kind of creating, with an optimized inverter, a new class of product that gives you a best-of-both-world solution. Wonderful. And so you mentioned the design flexibility. So what system design challenges do optimized inverters help solar installers solve? With our optimized inverter approach, an installer can take the rule book that he got when he first learned how to design and he can basically throw it away. We eliminate pretty much all of the electrical constraints around the design of a system and we can do that because we have the DC power optimizer working for us in conjunction with a string inverter. And what's unique about our fixed voltage string inverter 
if you're in the market for inverters or if you design with inverters, you're familiar with the idea of a voltage window. And what you're trying to do on a traditional inverter is put the right number of panels in a string to kind of target that voltage window and to keep it in that voltage window. The wider that voltage window is, the more expensive the inverter costs and also the lower efficiency inverter you end up with at the end of the day. What SolarEdge did is we shrunk that down to a single number. So we have a very narrow voltage window and that it's a fixed voltage, it's only one number, but we have the benefit of the power optimizers working for us to condition that voltage and to present that right voltage to the inverter. So what that does is it kind of decouples some of the limitations on traditional design where normally you're trying to look at the right number of panels to target a voltage window. You have to take into account temperature effects, panel voltages, what type of panel you have. All of that goes into the equation and you're limited with a very narrow window of panel length that you can put into a string. With SolarEdge, we can expand the string. We call it string stretching. We get about 60% longer strings in our residential installations. In the commercial installations, we go about 130% longer than even comparable 1,000-volt systems. If you're comparing it to a 600-volt commercial system, we're going over 400% longer in that case. But on the residential system, to kind of give you an idea and to put some numbers around it, we're putting 5,250 watts on a single string, and we're giving the installers the flexibility to go from eight panels all the way up to, in most cases, 20 or 21 panels without any impact to affecting the voltage window. So with one string, they're able to design from a 2K system all the way up to a 5K system and anywhere in between without any impact to the system performance. If they put two strings in there, now they can go up to 10 kilowatts or a little bit over 10 kilowatts on those two strings. We're still not requiring the installer to put in combiners or fuses or any additional hardware. So there's a very nice threshold at that two-string level. Anything above that, now you have to start fusing and, and putting in combiners, and so it adds to the complexity of the site. But we're able to give an installer up to 10 kilowatts without any additional hardware and a very simple, easy-to-build design. So what about the system owners? How did they benefit from using these? In some ways, the system owner kind of gets the best end of the deal. They are going to own the system for the system lifetime. So all of that MPP tracking that we put on the module level that's giving us better energy, they're enjoying that for the system lifetime. We're giving them the ability to monitor their system performance. They can do it on a computer, a telephone, they can, or a cell phone. They can show their neighbors. And we're giving them enhanced safety. So with the optimizer, we came up with this idea of safe DC voltage. We can turn the optimizer off if we wanted to and output zero power and completely shut down the array. But what we found was it's actually more effective if we output one volt and a very small trickle current because then during commissioning, during troubleshooting, you can check the wires, make sure everything's working, and you're still less than the 30-volt limit that we're seeing now with NEC 2014. So they get all of those benefits, and that's normally what we talk about. One of the benefits that kind of came up this week that we don't normally think about is the idea of aesthetics. So with all of this design flexibility, we're giving installers a way to make design just look better. And I saw a video online of a SolarEdge installation. It was a nice 4 by 6 panel installation, perfectly rectangular, 24 panels. And I enjoyed the video. I went down and I looked at the comments. And one of the comments said something like, 
well, what about that panel on the top left? Why don't, why don't you take that one off because it's being shaded by the chimney? And I, I was just amazed because there was a good example of traditional design thinking is you want to avoid putting panels anywhere near these shade patterns. Both Solar Edge were not susceptible to the same kind of shade losses, were not susceptible to the same kind of electrical constraints. So that beautiful 4 by 6 installation was only possible with Solar Edge. And so we're, we're providing a homeowner a better-looking install when he's showing his neighbors. Everything is more symmetrical, and you're building to the rooftop and not to the limitations of the inverter. So that's a, a big extra benefit that a homeowner gets. So I do see a, a lot of advantages to the system. It, it is pretty advanced already, but how are these components getting even more advanced? So we've got a couple advantages already in the design. We've got an optimizer on the rooftop. We've got a control unit in our string inverter at the ground level, and that gives us control over both ends of the home run cable. gives us a lot of electrical advantages in the system. We're already including monitoring that we talked about before, but going forward, we're integrating more into the system. So I think we're building out the capabilities even further. We have arc fault circuit protection. We are now offering revenue-grade meters integrated into the inverter, so it's a full revenue-grade inverter that is CC-listed as an inverter. We're the only company, at least at the time of our launch, that's doing that. And so most of the time, if installers are trying to get revenue-grade data out of their inverters, they've got to go put on another control unit. They've got to put power to that control unit. They need to put communications to that control unit. All of that goes away. We pre-integrate it directly into the inverter so the installer doesn't have to spend the labor and the time to do that. We are incorporating rapid shutdown components directly integrated into the inverter as well. So that's part of NEC 2014. It's a new code. It's about lowering the voltage limits on site. And again, most installers have to put a control unit on the ground and a control unit on the roof. All of that comes pre-integrated with our system now so that all those labor costs and all that time is gone. They just put the inverter up and everything's ready to go. It's out of the box. As site installations are speeding up, as we're seeing guys go from one a day to two a day to sometimes three a day, installations, saving time on site is becoming critical. And we're seeing that as a big trend. We're definitely coupled to that trend. Speaking of trends, what other trends or, or challenges do you see for optimized inverters this year? I think inverters in general and just installers in general have to deal with the new code changes. So we talked about it a little bit. NEC 2014 uh, came out last year, obviously. We're seeing a more rapid adoption of NEC 2014 than we've seen of previous code generation states, and municipalities are switching to it very, very quickly. Some of the big features in that, one of them is rapid shutdown. And with rapid shutdown, why it's so unique and why it's so critical is it introduces a new concept to the industry. Up until now, we've been looking at voltage as if it were just one number, an operating voltage. And you can have a 600 voltage installation or you can have a 1,000 volt installation, but that's all we thought of. Now we've introduced a new concept in NEC 2014 that's considered service voltage. And the idea behind a service voltage is on a traditional system before rapid shutdown, if you turn the inverter off, the voltage actually increases. So you go from a voltage that's being pulled out at max power point to a voltage that's under what we call open circuit. And that increase can be about 20 to 30% higher than when the system was running. 
So now you've created a case where the potential energy in the form of voltage in a system is actually higher. With rapid shutdown, we've changed all of that. We are moving to a state where when you flip the inverter to the off position, the voltage comes down, and we're targeting a 30-volt target within 10 seconds. That's the most common spec you hear. And SolarEdge has always kind of done that, I think, with our safety C architecture and our, our ability to lower the voltage to 1 volt DC. When you turn a SolarEdge inverter off, we've been reverting to a service voltage for years now, ever since we created the product. So I think it's more alignment with the NEC code to technologies that are available and becoming more in the mass market. And we're seeing that idea of a service voltage and an operating voltage. I think that's going to continue. I think that'll grow. And that's just one example. We're seeing more grid interaction features that are required. Rule 21 is what everybody likes to talk about. There are requirements coming out of Hawaii. There are requirements coming out of Europe. So I think we'll have to be more alert and more tied in to not only the regulation side, but what are the grids requiring, what are the utility providers requiring. And so that's going to just be more time and attention that we have to put into that. And I, I was looking at the Cal ISO, which is the California Independent System Operator page. They track the amount of energy that is forecast to be put into the California grid, and they also track how much the renewables are contributing. And I, I like to think back to Steve Jobs. He said, put it in the universe, and the solar industry in California has definitely done that. When you look at the projected total demand curve and you look at what the utility needs to provide, solar has put a huge dent in that demand curve, and, and it's about somewhere around you know 10 to 20% at this point just today looking at the system. So I was pretty impressed by that and fired by the dent we're putting in the universe. Absolutely. That stuff is great to keep us motivated, and I hope that uh, other states will follow in California's footsteps for sure. All right. And uh, again, we've been speaking with Mike Rogerson of Solar Edge, and we would like to thank him again for all of his insight into power optimizers in 2015. So thank you, Mike. Yeah, no problem. This has been another edition of Solar Speaks. I'm Kathy Zitt, Managing Editor of Solar Power World Magazine. Thanks for listening, and please tune in next time.